What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the fourth episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast with Joey Mayalari. This morning, I'm going to be doing a college baseball special. I will start off by recapping the CAA baseball tournament, break down each game that the Northeastern played in, uh, and then after that, I'm going to dive into the NCAA uh, baseball tournament bracket uh, and give my picks for the winner of each regional uh, regional bracket, um, which starts today and tell you who I see ending up in Omaha at the end. So to start off, Northeastern based on the CAA tournament, uh, which took place at Elon, uh, Elon's campus in North Carolina, Latham Park, um, last weekend. Um, Northeastern opened up with a huge victory over William and Mary. Wyatt Scotty, who I predicted on, uh, I think it was my second episode, I predicted he would be on the mound, um, and he was superb. Or I think it was my first episode, actually. He was superb on the mound. Uh, he improved to 8-3 and three on the year in that game. Went seven innings, giving up just three hits, along with just two runs while walking one and striking out one. Um, Owen Langan and Jordy Allen were perfect out of the bullpen, um, pitching an inning each in relief, allowing no base runners um, for either one of them. And then Jordy picked up actually his first save of the season, um, a seven-pitch uh, ninth inning, got a strikeout as well. So he came in, closed the doors huge for Northeastern to start hot in the CAA tournament. Um, Northeastern was down two to nothing in the third inning. Actually, um, when J.P. Elson came up to the plate, doubled down the left field line, uh, and then scored. Uh, Jeff Costello got Northeastern on the board two to one. Danny Crossan, who will be playing for Katuit in the Cape Cod uh, Baseball League this summer, uh, came up to the plate and hit a huge two-run home run to deep center field to give Northeastern a three to two lead in the fourth. Um, then Corey DiLoretto was 1-4 of four in the opener with a single, and Spencer Smith was sensational at shortstop um, in Game 1. Had two putouts and nine assists, made, a love, made all 11 plays uh, that were hit at him. He was just great out there. He had such a great tournament. Um, and I'll go on to say uh, more about his play in the CAA tournament um, in a little bit. Um, so then Northeastern ended up facing the number one seed in the Charleston Cougars. Northeastern defeated them 6-5 to five in another close game. Um... The pitching was elite yet again. Uh, the Huskies actually never trailed the Cougars in this game. Cam Schlittler went seven innings on the mound, along only two runs, giving up four hits while walking two and striking out nine. Had such a great game. Northeastern really needed it. Um, and then Owen Langan and Jordy Howard came in relief um, yet again uh, to relieve Schlittler this time instead of Scotty. Uh, but this time they weren't as smooth as they were before. Uh, they allowed three runs in two innings. Ended up still getting the win, so all's well that ends well. Um, but Elwood picked up a second save of the season, actually two in two straight days, um, which was great for him. Um, and then freshman Luke Mazik, uh, had such a great game, got the score going for the Huskies in the second inning with a two run, uh, RBI hit Jeff Costello got up to the plate with bases loaded, um, drew a walk. Um, and then in the fifth inning, JP Olsen, uh, scored an error by Cam Dean, the Charleston Cougars shortstop who actually had three errors in the game, had a tough game. Um, JP Olsen reached an error in the sixth. Yet again, Cam Dean uh, with the era. Um, and then Olsen went on to steal second base. Olsen had a great season stealing-wise. You, you, not many catches in college baseball could hit and steal bases, and Olsen could do both. Uh, also played left field in one of the games in the tournament. So uh, very uh, versatile and uh, uh, very versatile athlete and catcher. And Northeastern baseball, I'm sure, is very appreciative of that. Um, anyways, so then Spencer Smith... Uh, Finished the game uh, two for three with a walk and scored two runs. Uh, also stole a base. Jeff Costello, who had a sack uh, RBI fly um, in the sixth inning, uh, went two for three in the game with two RBIs, drew a walk and stole a base as well. Um, so then the tough part uh, was Northeast went out to face the number three seed in Hofstra um, in the final game of the winner's bracket. Ended up losing the game in extra innings. Very tough game. Um... Started off hot though. Corey DiLoretto began the game with a great double. 
to right right center field. Uh, he was down one two in the count. Stayed very patient, stayed confident, went with the pitch, drilled it. Huge hit for him. Um, and then J.P. Elson ended up hitting him in uh, with a ground out, um, RBI ground out, getting uh, dealer out across the plate, give Northeastern a one-run lead. Um, sophomore Eric Yo struggled in the first inning, though, um, allowing a two-run home run to Hofstra right fielder Brian Morell. Um, and then Hofstra D.H., Jake Liberatore, um, smoked a three-run shot to put Hofstra up 5-1 to one in the first. Uh, most teams have faded away, though, in the, at this moment and give up. Uh, but not this Huskies team. They battled back um, like we knew they would. Um, Justin Bosland led off the second inning uh, with a double. He started off two innings, actually, in this game uh, with leadoff hits, trying to get the Huskies' offense going. So in the second inning, he led off with a double, uh, then scored in a Luke Mazik single. Um, Mazik went on to steal second. You know, Northeastern likes to play that small ball, as I pointed out in my first episode. Um, and then Spencer Smith, uh, Spencer Smith followed it up with an RBI single uh, to score Mazik. Uh, making the score five to three after two innings, so Northeast cut the deficit down, which was huge. Eric Yost calmed down on the mound, um, allowing two hits in his last two innings um, on the on the mound. But he had a tough tough day there. Um, he's usually a lot more crisp um, on the mound. But uh, you know, it's a CAA tournament. Uh, everyone's got to really stretch on their pitching. And even though he had a tough first inning, Northeast needed him to go a couple more innings just to let the bullpen rest uh, for when they needed in close games at the end of games of the tournament. Um, but Yost calmed down, pitched well at the end, so he finished strong at least. Uh, Justin Bosland yet again led off the fourth inning with a single. Uh, then went up to steal second base. Second baseman Luke Beckstein came up to the plate, singled uh, Bosland in from third. Uh, moved Bosland to third, excuse me, and then Spencer Smith single to score Bosland, um, cut the Hofstra deficit, Hofstra lead to one. Northeastern's deficit uh, was only one at this point, down five to four to Hofstra. Then in the sixth, third baseman Buddy Maroka single to left field before uh, Luke Mazik uh, smoked a towering uh, home run to left field. Luke Mazik had a great CAA tournament, um, giving the Huskies a six to five lead after trailing five to one. So Northeastern came back down five to one, leading six to five. Um, all really looked well at this point. Um, and then Nick Davis uh, came in relief for uh, Eric Yost on the mound. He went three innings, surrendering two runs. Um, Owen Langan, pitching in his third straight day, uh, came in to relieve Davis in the seventh um, after Davis hit a batter and gave up a bunt single. Uh, Langan came into a tough situation. Uh, runners on first and second, no outs. Never easy to be a relief pitcher in that situation. Um, Hofstra ended up getting two RBI sack flies against Langan uh, and then took a 7-6 to six lead. Um, so Northeastern's down seven to six going into the top of the ninth. Um, and Jeff Costello, he'll be the story um, of the ninth inning in a couple of these games. Uh, Jeff Costello, the senior right fielder, came up to the plate, led off the inning with a crucial and clutch double down the right field line, down the left field line, excuse me. Um, on the first pitch he faced, hopped right on it, started hot. Corey DiLoretto came up to the plate, had a very productive out, moving Costello over to third base and a ground out. So Northeastern's down one run with one out. Uh, J.P. Elson coming up to the plate with Jeff Costello on third. J.P. Elson has an 0-2 count um, facing him, has an RBI single up the middle, scoring Costello and giving Northeastern uh, the sixth run to tie the game 6-6, or 7-7, excuse me, um, which was huge, getting Northeastern uh, tied to send it uh, to the bottom of the ninth. Jordy Allard uh, came in for the third straight day, just like Langan, um, along one hit in walking about it, but striking out one, got out of the jam in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, in the 10th inning, Brad Kamada came out uh, for Hofstra. Actually was the CAA uh, player of the tournament, uh, MVP of the CAA baseball tournament. Brad Kamada came in for the 10th inning. Um, three up, three down. Uh, he pitched well. Then in the bottom of the 10th, Hofstra led off with a double. 
Um, after that, Libertori tried to uh, get the runner over to third base, um, but was unsuccessful with a bunt. So one out. Hofstra has a guy on second. I thought maybe walk Santino Ross. I'll make it first and second, so you have a chance at a double play to get out of the inning. Also, Santino Ross was very hot on um, the CAA tournament, so I wouldn't have wanted to pitch to him. Northeastern opted to pitch to him, which I get to. You know, you got a battle. Uh, but Santino Ross ended up hitting a double down the right field line to walk it off uh, for Hofstra. Um, so then Northeastern had to respond quickly. This was a tough situation. If you lose in the CAA tournament um, in that finals of the of the winners bracket, you end up playing just an hour later in the finals of the losers bracket. Um, so Northeastern uh, got a chance to stay alive an hour later against uh, the number one seed Charleston again, uh, and they ended up defeating them once again with Sebastian Keen in the mound this time. Uh, the hard thing about losing them in the in the finals of the winners bracket is that after losing that game at 11 a.m. to Hofstra. You have to face Charleston at 3 p.m. Uh, in the final uh, game of the losers bracket, and then after def- defeating Charleston, which Northeastern did, you have to beat Hofstra twice on Sunday in order to win the CAA tournament uh, since this double elimination. And Hofstra had not yet lost, so that's why you have to beat them twice in the final game of the uh, in the finals. That is, um, but tough for Northeastern uh, losing that game to Hofstra. I feel like it would be a much different tournament had they won that game. Uh, against Hofstra in the final game of the winners bracket, they would have had just a chance to win one of two games on Sunday uh, to send themselves to the CA, you know, to to win the CAA tournament, to send themselves to the NCAA bracket, get an automatic bid. But you know, it's just not how the ball um, rolled, unfortunately. But anyways, in that game against Charleston, uh, the second game facing Charleston in the CAA tournament. Uh, Jeff Costello got the scoring going uh, with two outs for the Huskies. Um, it had a bases clearing double um, in the second inning to score Luke Mazik, um, excuse me, Luke Beckstein, Justin Boslin, and Buddy Maroka. Um, two out, three RBI double. Uh, Costello continued to come up big um, in the tournament. Next batter up was a slugger, Corey DiLoretto. Came up to the plate and hammered a two run home run to deep center field. Absolute no Dota. Five to nothing Huskies after two. Very happy for Corey and Jeff Costello. Um, both came up big in this game when Northeastern's backs were against the wall to give themselves a chance to make it to the finals. Um, Northeastern tallied on another run in the sixth inning with a Teddy Bidet. He's another senior. Had an RBI single to hit Justin Bosland in. Um, Bosland actually got hit by two pitches um, in the game. Was moved up from first to second base um, in the sixth inning on a Buddy Maroka single uh, before Bidet hit him in on an RBI single that I just talked about. Baudet, Costello, and DiLoretto all were huge in this game for the Huskies. Um, all three seniors were doing big things, putting in damage for the uh, on the Cougars for the Huskies. Um, and I already talked about Owen Langan. He was the other senior. He pitched really well in mean, the first couple games in the CAA tournament. So all four seniors contributed um, in the CAA tournament, which was huge. Very nice thing to see. Very nice to see all of them getting playing time and get a chance uh, to give Northeastern another shot at the NCAA tournament. Um, anyways, Sebastian Keen finished the game, five innings on the mound, um, allowing seven hits, just three runs though, walked five batters, control has been tough for him of late, um, this season, but he still came out, put up a huge game to give the Huskies a chance in the finals, um, and then Thomas Balboni on the two out save, uh, for his seventh save of the year off six pitches in the ninth inning, um, which was huge. So then Northeastern went on Sunday to face Hofstra in the finals, um, which was definitely a tough game. The Huskies did what they did all season. They battled, um, fought to the last second, and were resilient in the finals. Um, There's no denying that. 
Just four days after throwing 90 pitches in seven innings against William & Mary, Wyatt Scardy got the start on the mound again for the Huskies um, in the finals against Hofstra. Um, gave up two homers in his first uh, two batters faced in the game. Back-to-back home runs for the one and two batters of Hofstra. Very tough start for Northeastern. They went up battling back, though, as we knew they would. Uh, Brian Morell and Santino Rosso exchanged doubles um, to score Morell to make it a 3 nothing game after Scotty hit a Hofstra Pride batter. Um, Jake Gigliotti came out of the pen to relieve Scotty. Very tough situation to come out of the pen um, onto the mound, too. Um, runners on second and third, two outs. Um, he got a ground out um, to Maroka at third uh, to end the innings, which was uh, to end the inning, which was huge uh, for the Huskies to limit uh, the damage to 3 nothing. Northeast ended up getting a huge rebound of a fifth inning, uh, scoring three runs to get a 3-3 ball game. Uh, this is how it happened. Uh, Beckstein led off uh, the fifth inning with a double. Uh, Maroka ended up walking uh, after that, and then Spencer Smith doubled to left center, scoring Beckstein. Costello came up to the plate uh, to make it bases loaded after he walked. Uh, for De Loretto, De Loretto coming to the plate, bases loaded. He ended up walking. RBI walk for De Loretto, scoring a run. Um, and then Olsen ended up flying out to right field um, for a sack fly to score Spencer Smith uh, from third base, making a 3-3 ball game. In the sixth inning, uh, Santino Rosso continued to be a problem for the Huskies, uh, tripling down the right field line. Ended up scoring on a uh, Ryan Marash single. Uh, Brian Morrell continued to be another huge problem for the Huskies. Um, singling to score uh, more rash and make it a 5-3 to Hofstra lead. Um, in the seventh inning, the Huskies responded, though, as they always do, as we knew they would. Um, Luke Mazik uh, came up clutch yet again, stayed hot, um, and doubled uh, to left field. Spencer Smith, who might have been the best hitter um, average-wise on, on the Northeastern team in the CAA tournament, uh, moved him over with a ground out. And then Corey DiLoretto came up to the plate with two outs uh, and Luke Mazik at third base. Ended up doubling to left center field. Huge for him, uh, scoring Mazik, cutting the Hofstra lead to one. Very happy for Corey. Huge hit, such a big situation yet again. But with Hofstra only having a one-run lead, they ended up tallying on. Uh, Scott Harrington of Hofstra hit a home run off Gigliotti, uh, making a 6-4 to four ball game going into the eighth inning. And the Huskies stranded Danny Crossan after he had a leadoff single in the eighth, uh, which was tough. Going into the ninth inning, Huskies trailing 6-4. to four. Um, They trailed Hofstra originally in that final game of the winner's bracket um, just a day before, 7-6, to six, um, going into the ninth inning. And Costello uh, came up big, uh, ended up tying up that game. So this game, down 6-4 to four going into the ninth. I wasn't too worried. I thought they could tie it yet again. Um, in this game, this time, uh, Spencer Smith earned uh, a walk uh, with one out. Costello came up. Yet again, big situation. Huskies trailing in the ninth inning. Uh, had another huge hit, a single. Uh, put runners on first and second. Uh, one out, and the Huskies down two for Corey DiLoretto. DiLoretto smoked a ball um, up the middle, deflected off the pitcher's mound, played to Northeastern's advantage, um, rolled into the outfield. Northeastern ended up getting an RBI single off of it. Uh, advanced Costello to third, so first and third, one out. Uh, J.P. Elson coming up to the plate yet again. Came up in such big situations. Um, in the CAA tournament, came up clutch in just about every one of them. Uh, so first and third, one out. He doubled to score Costello, huge hit. Uh, Max Riera was held up at third, which I maybe would have sent him, you know, would have been a close play at the plate, but uh, considering we ended up losing the game, it wouldn't have been a bad thing to send him uh, just to try to get a run out of it. Anyways, um, so Vieira was held up at third. Olsen was at first base. Both ended up getting stranded um, on first and third. But the Huskies, Huskies offense used their late uh, inning magic yet again uh, to tie another game. Uh, Thomas Belboni returned to the mound, got himself in the gym, though. Um, 
This one, uh, this time, couldn't get himself out of it. Um, ended up hitting a batter uh, to send Hofstra um, uh, home with a win, a CAA Finals win, uh, their first actually ever um, hit. Uh, the Hofstra batter inside on the elbow. Very tough play. Heartbreaking way to lose this game, um, especially on a walk-off hit batter. But I'll say this. I'm very proud of this Northeastern team. They gave it their all. Um, it was a pleasure being able to go to uh, as many games as I did and watch them play. They have nothing to be ashamed of at the end of the day. They fought very hard in both games against Hofstra. Came back in the ninth inning twice. Very hard to do and find themselves found themselves in holes multiple times. Um, and dug themselves out to give themselves a chance to win. So I'm very proud of how the boys fought, um, and I'm looking forward to next season. Uh, so in this game against Hofstra, Corey DiLoretto finished the game 2-4 of four with three RBIs, um, also drew a walk as well. So he reached base 3-5 of five, uh, played appearances, He, uh, which if this were to be his last game as a Husky, I know he's one year after eligibility, he finished on a great note, driving in three runs, um, especially considering the fact um, you know, that Northeastern only had six runs, you know, game ended seven to six. Um, he came in and in, in came up huge uh, for the Huskies every time he stepped up to the plate in this game. So drew in three of six, drove in three of six runs uh, for the Huskies. Um, Spencer Smith had another good game, finished two of three with an RBI, uh, also scored two runs. And then Jeff Costello was one of three, drew two walks, um, reached base three or five times, just like DiLoretto. And then uh, Luke Beckstein was two of four at the plate. Jay Gigliotti was uh, great in relief, no complaints there. His job was just to keep the Huskies in the game, and he did just that and more. Uh, went six in the third innings, allowing eight hits, three runs, walked about a struck out six, um, threw 88 pitches, um, his most pitches and most innings um, in an appearance this year. So uh, he'll probably play a bigger role in the bullpen next year, I'd imagine. Uh, and then Nick Davis pitched in the eighth, uh, went an inning, uh, got a strikeout, allowed a hit, uh, got out of it. Um, Brad Camarda was the tournament MVP, as I said. Uh, pitched seven innings for Hofstra um, in the finals game off short rest. Walked five batters, struck out four guys um, on the Huskies, and allowed four runs off seven hits. Threw 118 pitches after already pitching the CAA tournament. So uh, showed, you know, he emptied the tank to try to give his chance uh, team a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. So credit to them. Congratulations to Hofstra. Um, Northeastern had Spencer Smith, Cam Schlittler, and J.P. Elson all named to the all-tournament team. So congratulations to them. Um, also a 6 of 21 in the tournament, hitting 286. Uh, drove in six uh, runs. Batted uh, a run-in, uh, batted at least one run-in in four or five games in the tournament. Very clutch hitter for the Huskies. Also stole four bases and four attempts in the tournament um, at 14 stolen bases on the year. So like I said earlier, not many catchers can hit 286 and steal four bases, but also can do just that and more. Um, Spencer Smith was unreal on the field defensively. Um, had 27 chances um, defensively um, at shortstop. In the CAA tournament, and made all 27 plays. So he was stellar out there. And also in the five tournament games, uh, he was 6 of 17, hitting 352, uh, scored four runs, hit three guys in, uh, and also stole a base. So no complaints uh, with Spencer Smith's uh, performance in the CAA tournament. Um, and then in five games, Buddy Maroka reached base in 8 of 19 at bats, was 3 of 14. Uh, at bats wise, um, but in eight of nineteen plate appearances, he reached base, um, drew five walks. So um, Maroka came up big um, in Vieira's absence. Um, in five games, as I said, getting on base eight of nineteen times—that's uh, great. Um, in three, in the last three games of the tournament, Corey DiLoretto, um was four of thirteen, 
uh, hit in five Huskies, so drove in five runs, scored two runs, had a double and a home run. And if that were to be it for Corey's career, since I know he has one year of eligibility left, like I said, um, it was one hell of a career, and it was an honor being able uh, to go to games and, and, and sit uh, with Coach Rob DiLoretto of Everett High Football and watch Corey play. Um, Corey embodies everything you want in a veteran player as he gives everything he has in every single play. Um, despite battling a torn ligament in his thumb, most people would call it a season, uh, but not Corey. He fought back, uh, worked hard to get back on the field in DH for the Huskies um, in the end of the season. Uh, losing his fielding, though, was tough for the Huskies, uh, considering uh, he was such a sound fielder all year. He had a 100 uh, fielding percentage, so made 100% of, of the plays uh, that he was involved in. 37 of 37 plays uh, were made by him in the field, so it's tough to lose his glove out there. Uh, but his bat was needed heavily in the lineup, especially with Mike Sirota missing games as well. Uh, Corey's grit and toughness, though, is, is something that is unteachable, and I'm sure um, he is destined for great things uh, no matter what he chooses to do in the future, whether he plays one year, uh, one extra year at Northeastern or doesn't. He played a nine fingers at the end of the season and still had exceptionally clutch at-bats, uh, especially when it mattered most, um, including um, a Monster 3 RBI game in the CAA Finals against Hofstra. So, Corey can't complain uh, with how great a season he had. I can't complain. Played very well. Corey finished the season hitting two fifty nine, uh, which is tied for fourth on the team uh, with Costello uh, for, in batting average. Uh, DeLoretto was hitting two ninety two though uh, before April 10th, uh, the day he got hurt making a fantastic play, putting his body on the line uh, in, on a diving catch in left field against Elon, made a sports center uh, type of catch, uh, fully extended uh, on his stomach, ended up tearing the ligament in his thumb on that play. Uh, but he sent 292 before the injury. Um, hit three home runs, uh, which was second on the team. Uh, and drove in 30 batters, uh, 30 runs, um, which was second as well on the team behind Costello for first. Um, and then was third on the team with total bases. Um, and also had a 353 on base percentage, which was third on the team as well. Um, so... Corey, very versatile play. He also stole four bases. That's something else you got to note. The kid hustled every single play, and that's why it was an honor, like I said, uh, being able to go to NU games uh, to see him and the Husky squad play. I truly look forward to every single uh, weekend at Freedom and Diamond. Um, I can't wait to see uh, the Huskies play next year there. I really loved walking down Com Ave from my dorm at BC and going to see Northeastern play on a beautiful sunny day, um, see a very quality baseball game, get to talk to Rob DiLoretto, um, it was always a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much. Uh, Coach always let me sit with you and talk uh, baseball, talk sports in general. Um, I really do appreciate it. Those are days I'm going to cherish, Northeastern baseball games. Uh, since sitting out in the sun, uh, watching a baseball game, there's nothing better than that. Um, since I love baseball so much, love Northeastern baseball, love Northeastern sports in general. Um, so thank you, Coach. A um, couple things I want to highlight. Uh, some clutch performances uh, for Corey DiLoretto against NC State. Uh, he was 4 of 13 in that series with a 308 uh, batting average, hit four runs in, um, and also had a monster home run in game three of the series. Um, he had uh, hit in five of six games or uh, NC State and Clemson this year. Um, and then Corey's best game of the year came against Hofstra on May 6th at Hofstra. Um, he was four for five in that game, three runs scored, three runs batted in. Two doubles in a home run. Home in the first inning, actually, to get the Huskies going. Uh, he was a machine out there. Uh, just wanted to highlight a couple uh, big performances for him, uh, especially if this were to be um, the last game of his career. 
Uh, I just love to highlight um, how great of a season he had uh, this year for the Huskies, even battling uh, the injury that he battled. Um, Jeff Costello had hit each of his uh, last four games as a Husky. Um, he hit 294 in the CAA tournament, uh, five runs batted in, four runs scored, also stole a base. Um, and that senior catcher and veteran Teddy Baudet, uh finished his Huskies career uh, with at least one hit in five of his last seven games. Um, six of 16 at the plate, hit 375 over that stretch. Also scored uh, three runs batted in um, as well. Had a huge uh, RBI against Charleston in, in the elimination game in the tournament. End of the season with a 274 batting average. Um, he played very well in the games he played in. Um, that senior reliever, Owen Langan, um, had a scoreless stretch of 13 in the third innings from April 26th to May 20th. That was seven appearances in that time frame. Finished the year with a 3-1-3 ERA, a .88 whip. Um, Costello, Baudet, DiLoretto, Langan all left a massive mark on the Northeastern program and contributed in each and every way um, possible in every single game they played in and suited up in um, in the red and black Husky uniforms. Uh, for Baudet, he was at NU for six seasons and was a leader on the field and off the field and in the locker room. I'm sure his veteran presence and energy will be missed in Northeastern. Uh, Costello was a Husky for five seasons and was on two teams with DiLoretto and Baudet um, that went to the NCAA tournament, uh, which is such a great accomplishment. Um, and then Langan and DiLoretto, uh, both are redshirt juniors this season um, and have the opportunity to come back for another season if they want to do so. Um, all four seniors, though, represent everything a coach like Mike Glavin would want on their team. Um, veterans that were resilient, always battled, gave it their all. Uh, tried every single game, even if Northeastern was down in the game, they still battled. Never put their heads down and quit. Um, and that's what I love uh, from a team. I'm an LA Clippers uh, fan, as I am a Celtics fan, but the Clippers, they fight every single game. Even if they're down 35, they'll give it their all to the last second, till that last whistle. And Northeastern baseball as well, I mean, down two times in the ninth inning in the CAA tournament and just didn't give up. Two times in the CAA tournament, down to the last three outs, and came back uh, to battle um, yet again every single game. Um, so for these vets, though, these four seniors, um, I wish them all nothing but the best um, in their future endeavors and whatever they choose to do. Um, overall, in the NCAA tournament, um, Northeastern went 3-2, and two, uh, with two losses in the bottom of the ninth and the bottom of the tenth uh, to Hofstra after battling back, as I said uh, multiple times now, in the ninth inning to tie the game. Um, I'm very proud of how hard this team fought. Um, they gave it their all every single game. A very resilient group uh, who has a lot to look forward to uh, in the coming seasons. Uh, Mike Glavin, a very polished coach, um, has his team always play very sound defensively, play the game the right way, play small ball, uh, never really talk back, um, which I really like. Um, so I'm sure this team will be great next year. Um, Northeastern finished the season 31-29-1. Um, the future of NU baseball, which I'm going to highlight a couple notes real quick. Uh, with Mike Sirota, uh, this lineup is so much more explosive. Uh, and I'm sure Mike Glavin and company would have loved to have him healthy for the CAA tournament uh, because he's such an extremely talented player. I mean, has all the skills need to be a star in any team uh, he were to play on. Uh, he's only 18 and lit up college baseball. He'll be playing for Brewster in the Cape Cod Baseball uh, League this summer. He led the team in batting average, hit 326, was first on the team with a 922 OPS, hit four home runs, which is also first on the team, um, had 20 RBIs, uh, 14 doubles, which was tied for second, or tied for first on the team with Jeff Costello. Um, 
Also stole 10 bags in, in, in 37 games. Was second on the team with 72 uh, total bases. Um, remember, all these numbers I'm saying right now are only in the 37 games he played. He missed 24 games and put up such dominant numbers and led Northeastern in, in, in so many categ- categories. So just imagine what his numbers would have been had he been healthy for all 61 games or 55 games for Northeastern this year. Um one highlight, one big performance for him. Um, in the series against NC State, he was 5 of 13 at the plate, uh, scoring three runs, had two doubles, four RBIs, also stole third base in that game, in a game. Um, in game one against NC State, he was 3 of 3 with two doubles, walked twice, and scored two runs, had a stolen base. That's a game he stole third base, uh, which was very impressive. He has really great speed. Um, and also robbed a home run in that game. Um, so. Uh, it just shows how talented of a player he is. Get reaching base five or five times against number eight team in the country on the Friday opening game of the series um, against the number eight team in the country, NC State. Um, just shows how great a player he is. He had a hit in thirty one and thirty two of thirty seven games, excuse me, this year, and also had a ninety eight point seven percent fielding percentage. Only had one error. So, not only can he hit for power and contact, he has speed, um, great defensively. Um, and then also uh, has a great arm. He has all five tools uh, that you need um, in a star player. Um, so uh, I'm really excited to see what Northeastern baseball does in the future. Uh, and just want to say one last time to the four Northeastern seniors um, and the two of them in DiLoretto and Langan, no matter, no matter what they were to choose to do. I'm sure all four of those guys um, are destined for great things in the future. And um, it truly was an honor being able to see you guys play um, in the Huskies uh, uniforms. Um, and I'm really looking forward to see uh, Sirota, uh, Bosland, Mazik, three freshmen that had great seasons, uh, all continue uh, their great performances from this year and next season uh, for the Huskies. So moving on to su- some uh, big news um, within the world of college baseball. Uh, freshman phenom, first baseman uh, from NC State, Tommy White, just entered the transfer portal um, after a historic season, uh, setting the record for the most home runs uh, by a freshman in 55 games uh, this season. Uh, he scored 54 runs, uh, hitting 27 home runs, so just a home run just about every other game. 74 runs batted in, 362 batting average with a 1182 OPS. Um, I'm sure the Wolfpack are disappointed to see him enter the transfer portal considering how prolific of a player he was this year um, for them. Uh, NC State, in my opinion, though, was snubbed by the College Baseball Selection Committee. They finished the season 36-21 and um, and lost in the ACC Tournament Finals uh, to UNC. Beat UNC, um, excuse me, beat U-Miami in the ACC Tournament, uh, who's the number six overall seed in the NCAA bracket. Um, I think NC State was snubbed personally um, from the NCAA Tournament. Would have liked to see them get in, but um, it is what it is. Uh, I'm excited to see where Tommy White ends up going uh, I'm sure any team will be lucky to have him, considering how much power he has and how he can hit for both power and for contact. Um, he's very impressive. I'm excited to see where he ends up. Uh, anyways, one game I want to highlight from the Pac-12 tournament, UCLA-Oregon State. Uh, one of the craziest college or professional baseball games you'll ever see. Ended up being a final score of 25-22, uh, which is nuts. Uh, Tommy Barris uh, had seven RBIs uh, from the 7th to the 10th inning um, and had the walk-off home run, a three-run walk-off home run uh, to win the game 30, 25-22 for UCLA. Um, in that game, there was combined 47 runs, 53 combined hits. Um, Oregon State blew a nine-run lead uh, in the ninth inning to let UCLA tie it. UCLA, UCLA scored nine runs uh, in the ninth inning on uh, just four hits, drew three walks um, in the bottom of the ninth. 
Oregon State also had an error um, as well, so they just were not playing crisp baseball, draw, uh, walking three guys, having an error. Um, and then Oregon State also surrendered a run uh, to tie the game again um, off a of buck. Um, complete meltdown of a game for them. Um, and I saw in a New York Post article that there were 8,000 uh, over 8,000 Division One baseball games this year, and that game between UCLA and Oregon State had the most combined runs of any, 47 runs, uh, which is nuts. Uh, I guess it's kind of like uh, Big 12 football, no defense, no pitching in that game, uh, just all offense, scoring, uh, touchdowns, and hitting home runs, uh, you know, like Big 12 uh, football. Um, so moving on now to the NCAA uh, tournament, I'm going to give my uh, – Bracket predictions for the college baseball uh, tournament. Uh, today's the opening round of the 16 regionals. Uh, June 3rd, which is today, uh, to the 6th is the first round. Double elimination, as is every round um, of the bracket. So, just to start, I'm going to break down each regional matchup, give you my eight picks also uh, for who I see going to Omaha. Uh, Omaha is the home uh, it has been the home of the College World Series um, since 1950. So I'll predict my eight teams who I see going there, um, who I end up seeing also win uh, the College Baseball World Series. Um, anyways, so to start off, the Knoxville Regional, um, I got Tennessee winning that. Um, I think everyone does. Um, you'd be crazy to, to be betting against them. Uh, they're so stacked, it's it's nuts how good of a team. Uh, they are absolute powerhouse um, at the plate, on the mound. Um, they're just such a good team. First guy I want to highlight is reliever Ben Joyce, um, which if you, you've probably seen on Twitter or Instagram uh, before if you follow any uh, college baseball accounts. Uh, he had 105 miles per hour out of the bullpen um, and had a 2.51 ERA in 25 appearances this year. It just shows how much firepower this team has having a guy come out of the bullpen throwing uh, 105 miles an hour, which is nuts. Um, anyways, next guy I want to highlight, junior outfielder Drew Gilbert, um, projected first-round pick, um, great glove, 64-64 plays made, um, and also hit 348, um, has a 106-1 OPS, drove in 31 runs, and also has a 445 on-base percentage, um, so very good year for him. Um, another guy I want to highlight, um, another projected first-round pick, um, and one mark I saw on MLB.com is outfielder Jordan Beck uh, for Tennessee. Uh, for the Vols, he had just 248 this year, but hit eight home runs, uh, tons of power, and as I said, a projected first-round pick. Um, so uh, very prolific lineup uh, and stacked lineup uh, for this Tennessee team. Um, one guy I want to highlight of the mound uh, is freshman pitcher Drew Beam. Uh, Beam. Uh, he's pitched stellar all year. Uh, 3-1 ERA, 38 strikeouts to just 7 walks and 52 innings pitched. Um, 7 walks and 52 innings pitched is very impressive. The strikeouts, 38-52, uh, isn't isn't bad. Um, but the walks is, is what's most impressive in that stat. Only 7 walks and 52 innings. Um, another freshman pitcher I want to highlight, which just shows how stacked of a freshman class they had, uh, considering they drew beam. And also have Chase Burns, um, another freshman pitcher. Hated three. 4 ERA on the mound this year was elite um, all season long in 47 two thirds innings um, had a 63 strikeout uh, to 15 walk uh, ratio 63 to 15 very great um, and they, they had great pitching overall they had a team ERA of 235 which was number one in Division One baseball also held the 308 uh, team batting average which was 16th um, in college baseball and also held oppositions to a 193 uh, uh, 193 batting average so uh, it just shows how dominant of a team uh, this 
Tennessee team is. Um, they also hit the most home runs in NCAA uh, baseball with 141. We're number two in Division One baseball with 561 runs scored, and also drew the second uh, most walks in D1 baseball with 358 walks. As for pitching, a couple stats uh, that are impressive: uh, that uh, they only uh, issue 2.45 walks. Um, per nine innings pitched, um, which was number one in Division One baseball, um, and then even most impressive, uh, even more impressive, I should say. Excuse me. Uh, they were number one in Division One baseball, only allowing oppositions uh, to have six point two three hits uh, per nine innings, um, which is really great. Um, number one there, so they were number one in a lot of categories, a lot of important pitching and hitting categories. Um, so that's why I got them winning uh, the Tennessee. I got Tennessee winning the Knoxville Regional. Um, although, as as I say that, I do like Campbell to make some noise in the Knoxville Regional. Um, Zach Neto um, is an all-American uh, shortstop uh, for Campbell who can pitch as well. Um, he had a save earlier in the year against NC State on March 2nd uh, when NC State was top 10 in the country. Around the time Northeastern ended up sweeping uh, NC State. Um, Neto has been perfect at the plate, though. Um, at 51 games, hitting 405, 1288 OPS. Uh, also smoked 15 home runs, drove in 49 runs, and also stole 17 of 18 uh, stolen bases and 18 stolen base attempts. Um, it is a 514 OBP, so very prolific player. Um, I'd imagine he's got to be um, a first-round pick whenever his time is uh, coming uh, for the MLB draft. Um, and then pitcher uh, Cade Keeler pitched in the Big South semifinals game. Um, against Gardner-Webb, and then the following day in the Big South Finals game, he came in um, to get two outs in the seventh inning, uh, facing bases loaded. Uh, Campbell's only up by one run with one out, um, and he got a double play to get out of it, um, to get Campbell out of it. Actually, Campbell ended up winning um, that game. Uh, he has three straight starts, um, going six innings or more, uh, with ten strikeouts in each one. Um, so I'm psyched to see Campbell go to work um, in this tournament. They're a very dangerous team, in my opinion. Um, and Campbell also ranks seventh. Uh, this is a very interesting statistic. Seventh in NCAA baseball with 111 home runs. So it just shows how much power this team has. So I'm sure opposing uh, pitches uh, are not psyched about facing this Campbell lineup, especially with Zach Neto being in there, hitting four or five with 15 home runs and a 1288 uh, OPS. Um, moving on to the Statesboro Regional, um, I got Georgia Southern winning here. They were 14, uh, 40 and 18 uh, in the regular season. Uh, a couple guys I want to highlight. Uh, junior infielder Noah Ledford um, led the Georgia Southern uh, Eagles this year with 16 home runs. Also hit in uh, 69 runs, hit 333, and led the team with the 167 OPS. Um, sophomore Ty Fisher um, has been their ace on the mound, holding a team-best 287 ERA on the year. 5-2 record uh, with 54 strikeouts and 78.1 innings pitched. Um, Georgia Southern was uh, swept um, in smoke to Tennessee um, in three straight games to start this season. Um, they were outscored 33-3 in those three games. Um, but they've come a long way since. Um, and If my predictions were to be right, it would be Tennessee versus Georgia Southern um, in the Super Regional uh, matchup. So, We'll see how that goes. Um, obviously, it'd be a, a very high-powered matchup, but I'm sure um, Georgia Southern would love to get some payback after getting blown out at Tennessee three games to start um, this season. So some important uh, opponents this season that I want to highlight for this Georgia Southern team. Uh, they took two or three games against Texas State um, when they were ranked number 10 in the country earlier this season. Um, they took one or three against Georgia uh, when they were ranked number 20 in the country. 
Um, in two of those three games, they were ranked number 20 in the country. Uh, they faced Georgia three different times. Um, they were number 23 in the other game when they faced Georgia. Uh, but took one of three against Georgia, split with Kennesaw State, who I really like. Um, and I'm going to get to them in a few minutes. I really like Kennesaw State to make noise um, in this bracket. Um, they split with Kennesaw State. Georgia Southern split with Kennesaw State. Um, lost 65 in extra innings this year against Florida State. Um, and then also beat the CAA regular season champion um, in the College of Charleston. Uh, so Georgia Southern can clearly play. I don't think they have enough to beat Tennessee, though, uh, considering Tennessee blew them out three straight games to start the year. But um, I would love to see them get a chance at payback um, just to show uh, Tennessee what's up after they were blown out three times. I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can beat Tennessee. But, uh, you know, I'd be rooting for the underdog in that matchup. Anyways, in the Austin Regional, um, I know a lot of people probably have Texas here. Um, I have Dallas Baptist winning this regional. Um, I think they're a very underrated team, uh, maybe the most underrated team in the whole tournament if they can play up to their ability, uh, especially the ability I think I, I think they can play. Um, junior infielder and slash catcher, um, he's a utility guy. Uh, Cole Moore hit three fifty four this year for Dallas Baptist. Smoked 11 home runs, has a 108-2 OPS on the year. Jace Grady hit 314, swiped 25 bags in 27 attempts, hit 10 home runs, um, and also has a 936 OPS. Um, Dallas Baptist as a team hit 86 home runs this year, um, so it just shows how much power this team has. Um, I think pitching could be their issue maybe, um, but the funny thing as I say that um, is that pitching pitched very well uh, in games against their biggest opponents. Um, their team holds a 507 uh, ERA uh, among the pitching staff, but in big games this year, their pitching staff came up big. Um, so I'll highlight some important games for them. Uh, they lost two times uh, this season to Texas Tech, um, one time being uh, by one run in, in, in 10 innings. Um, they took two of three games versus San Diego, uh, split one game. Uh, in one game against Oklahoma. Uh, so went 1-1 against Oklahoma this year. Had a three-game sweep uh, of Southern Mississippi uh, in March and then lost 5-4 to four, uh, to Oklahoma State um, at one point earlier in the season but then ended up beating Oklahoma State 8-7 to seven in May. Had a three-game sweep of Oral Roberts. Took two of three against uh, Maryland. Uh, beat Louisiana Tech this year. Took two games against TCU. Um, and then also uh, lost one game to Texas A&M. Uh, but against tournament teams at 15-7. and seven. So... It just shows uh, that uh, Dallas Baptist uh, can play very big opponents and succeed. Um, in a couple pitches I want to highlight, um, sophomore reliever Zane Russell holds a, a 169 ERA in 22 appearances, struck out 45 guys in 26.2 innings, so almost two um, for every single inning, which is really impressive. Um, and then junior right-handed pitcher uh, Bubba Hall has made the most appearances on the team, um, 26 appearances on the year, holds a 388 ERA, um, holding opponent batters um, to a 180 uh, batting average. So I'm excited to see Dallas Baptist compete. I think they end up winning this Austin Regional. Um, I think Texas very good team. Uh, they are the ninth seed overall. Um, but I like an underdog here. I like Dallas Baptist, so I'm going to go with them. Um, in the Greenville Regional, I have Coastal Carolina winning. Uh, they actually won the College World Series in 2016. Um, they beat a, a ranked CMU team, Central Michigan team, uh, to start this season. Um, they did lose three very close games at Chapel Hill um, against UNC. They split two games versus uh, Wake Forest. They beat Clemson when Clemson was number 20 in the country. Uh, they beat Clemson 16-7 to at that game, uh, in that game. And then at the end of the season when they played Clemson again, when things started to fall apart for Clemson, uh, Coastal Carolina defeated uh, them 17-2. to uh, And then Coastal Carolina took one of three games against Texas State. So 
it just shows uh, they can play uh, great teams and, and, and win games. Uh, they also took two of three games uh, against Georgia Southern, all very close games um, at the end of April, and then also took two games against uh, the CAA uh, regular season uh, champion, the number one seed in the CAA tournament, uh, the College of Charleston. So uh, they are coming off a, a, a a tough performance in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They lost the number six seed um, in that tourney, uh, Troy. Um, so we'll have to see how they perform and respond um, in this bracket. Um, but I think they can win this. Um, I know they're the three seeds. That would be two straight brackets. The Austin region and the Greenville region. I have the number three seed uh, winning both of those. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, one guy I want to highlight, Tyler Johnson, hit 17 home runs this year, uh, hitting 366 with a 1242 OPS on the season. Um, if they were to make noise in this uh, bracket, it would be him. He'd be a big reason uh, for Coastal Carolina to make a run. Coastal Carolina hit 72 home runs as a team and hold a team ERA of 477. So they have some power, have some pitching. Um, so that's why I think they can compete. Um, that's why they might pick for the Greenville Regional. Um, so for the College Station uh, Regional, I have Texas A&M winning this. Um, Texas A&M had a great season, uh, going 37 and 18. Uh, they hold the fifth uh, overall seed um, in this uh, bracket. Um, they took two or three games against Vanderbilt when Vanderbilt was number uh, 22 in the country. Took two or three games against uh, number three Arkansas when they played Arkansas in April. Um, took two or three games against number 10 Georgia in April as well. Uh, they beat Texas at the end of March on the road uh, when Texas was number eight in the country. Took two of three games against LSU in March when LSU was number eight in the country. And they also beat Florida in the first game of the SEC tournament, uh, ten to nothing. They ended up losing to Florida when they faced again in the SEC tournament, uh, nine to nothing. But um, Texas A&M will be a tough out in this tournament. Um, I think Louisville ends up beating them in that super regional, um, which I'll get to Louisville in a second. Uh, but I think that'll be a great matchup. Um, Couple guys I want to highlight. Uh, the Eagles, the Aggies have been led by uh, Dylan Rock, uh, who smoked 17 home runs on the year, hitting 326. Um, he also stole 16 bags um, in 21 attempts. He has speed too. Uh, Jack Moss was first on the team in batting average, hitting 373. Micah Dallas uh, has been their number one on the mound, uh, but does not have the flashiest numbers: 5.64 ERA, but has a 78 uh, strikeout, 18 uh, walk ratio, 78 to 18. Uh, ratio in 67 innings, which is great. Um, so Texas A&M will be facing Oral Roberts in their uh, first game of the regional. Um, shout out Oral Roberts for their run in March Madness, two March Madness tournaments ago. Uh, they were unreal in that tourney. Shout out to Hurley. Shout out to Mike Hurley, uh, the sports guru, uh, for predicting that the kid knows his stuff. Um, so I got Texas A&M winning the College Station uh, regional. Uh, moving on. Uh, to Louisville Regional, um, I think Louisville wins this regional um, rather easy. I saw them play this year at BC, and they can absolutely rake. Um, Cameron Masterman uh, hit one of the furthest home runs you'll see at BC. Um, he had 362 uh, with six home runs in ACC play, um, 288 overall on the season with 15 home runs. Um, and then sophomore catcher Jack Payton hit 361 on the year with four home runs and a 960 OPS. One thing about Louisville is they always have – Great catchers who can play great defense and also have great offensive numbers. Um, last year, they num- they had the number one overall pick in the MLB draft. Henry Davis um, was a catcher. They always have great catchers, as I said. So Jack Payton, I guess, is just another one of them. Uh, Dalton Rushing hit 308 on the year for the Cardinals with 21 home runs. Um, the Jared Poland had the best ERA among starters on the Cardinals um, with a 292 ERA, 91 strikeouts, and 74 innings. So... Louisville has the power and has the pitching. Um, they were 12th in the NCAA uh, with uh, 8.7 runs per game. 
They were 11th in Division I baseball with 495 runs scored. Um, Louisville doesn't have as much speed um, as other teams, though. They only have 38 stone bases as a team. But they make up for that with their power and their ability to score runs. As I said, 11th in runs and 12th in, in runs per game. So uh, they're going to score a lot of runs. I see them winning this uh, regional um, against Southern Eastern, Southeast Missouri State. I think they win that game pretty easily. And then they'd face you know, Michigan and Oregon. Um, it is also, you know, double elimination, but I don't see them needing um, an extra game. Anyways, in the Greenville Regional, um, I have Oklahoma winning this. Um, they're the number two seed. Um, I think it comes down to Oklahoma at Central Michigan. Uh, the Chippewas were fifth in Division One baseball um, this year. Uh, you know, Central Michigan and Chippewas were fifth in Division One baseball this year with 343 walks drawn. Um, so they're very patient at the plate, um, and it really comes down to pitching at the end of the day. So if there's bad pitching against them that, uh, that aren't throwing strikes, this team's not going to swing. Um, they're going to get extra guys on base, have more chances to score, more guys in scoring positions. So... Um, We'll see how they play. They were fifth in Division One baseball um, in uh, pitching shutouts. They had seven shutouts. Um, and also Central Michigan won uh, the Mid-American Conference Tournament. I'm a big Mac football fan, big Central Michigan football fan, as I'm a Kent State fan. Um, I love the Mac um, uh, Mac uh, Conference of Football. So I'll be covering that a ton in the fall. Uh, road chips. Uh, their baseball team is ranked uh, 16, actually, um, in the first two weeks of the season this year. Um, so it shows they have what it takes to win. It shows the college baseball committee um, values how good a team they are um, when they compete at their highest level. So I'm rooting for them to do well in the bracket, but I think Oklahoma is the best team here. Um, Florida did finish second um, in the SEC championship. Um, a good team, but I favor Oklahoma's offense um, in this regional um, for the Sooners, redshirt sophomore, um, shortstop Peyton Graham has him stellar at the plate. Um, he's a recipient of the Big 12 uh, Tournament Most Outstanding Player. He had 16 home runs this year out of the two spot in the lineup. Um, has 30 stolen bases in the 32 attempts, so he has a ton of speed. Um, it also drove in 60 runs, and is hitting 339 overall. So... It just shows uh, how great of a lineup this Oklahoma team has. Um, he's the only Sooner, though, with double-digit home runs. So I guess a lot of the guys just get on base. Uh, not too many power hitters. Um, Tanner Treadaway um, hit 359, drove in 55 runs, and also had 23 stolen bases um, for Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma's a team ERA 553. Jake Bennett, 6'6", left-handed uh, pitcher, holds the best ERA among starters for the Sooners. Holds a 7-3 record overall, 3-6 ERA, 103 strikeouts to 18 walks, and 90 innings pitched. Um, moving on to the Blacksburg Regional. Um, I got Virginia Tech winning this regional, so I'm another number one seed winning. Um, I have Virginia Tech, Louisville, Texas A&M, Georgia Southern, Tennessee. So I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 of the 8 uh, teams in the left side. Um, winning. So five of eight number one seeds on the left side of the bracket winning their regional. Um, so in this regional, the Blacksburg Regional, as I said, I got Virginia Tech. Uh, they were 16th in Division One baseball with 8.4 um, runs per game on average. Um, sophomore uh, Phenom outfielder um, Jack Hurley had a hit in 47 of 52 games this year. Hit 379 on the year with the 1150 uh, OPS. Uh, hit 13 home runs. 461 on base percentage, stole 10 bags as well. Uh, Virginia Tech as a team could hit home runs. Uh, they had 110 as a team, makes them very, very dangerous in this tournament. Um, and their pitching staff holds a 419 ERA. Um, Virginia Tech finished 19 and 9 in the ACC. Um, they were led by Drew Hackenberg on the mound. Um, he led starters in ERA with the 2A3 ERA. Very accurate pitcher, 80 strikeouts to 15 walks and 86 innings pitched. Um, 
They took two of three uh, games against UNC, Miami, and NC State this year. Took two of three against Louisville as well at the end of the regular season. Uh, but in my bracket, um, they would face in the College World Series, I believe, Louisville and Virginia Tech. Um, but I think Louisville gets a better of them this time um, in this three-game series. Um, Louisville lost six to four and four to three in the two games they lost this year to Virginia Tech. Um, they won eight to one in the other game. Um, so I think the Cardinals can do it. I got Louisville beating them uh, in the College World Series. Um, anyways, uh, moving on to the right side of the bracket, top right side of the bracket, I got Stanford winning the Stanford Regional. Uh, Stanford coming into the tournament, uh, they're coming off a Pac-12 championship win, um, along with winning 12, 17 straight games, excuse me, uh, to finish the season 41-14. and 14. Um, Junior infielder Brett Barrera has been electric at the plate uh, for the Cardinals. Um, he's been hitting 366 with a 1024 OPS. Hit 10 home runs as well. Uh, Stanford has six batters uh, with double-digit home runs um, on the season. So it just shows uh, there's just not one guy in this lineup that you have to say, oh, you know, let's avoid this guy. There's six guys with double-digit home runs. So you can't pitch around guys in this lineup. You can't just say, oh, you know, the two hitters up. Let's walk and let's face the three. There's so many guys in this lineup that can hit home runs. That's what makes this Stanford team very dangerous. Um, Carter Graham uh, has been hitting 342 in the year with 20 home runs, 70 runs batted in, 107.3 OPS. Junior catcher Cody Huff has great power as well, 11 home runs hitting 312. Um, outfielder slash right-handed pitcher Braden Montgomery is second on the Stanford squad with 16 home runs, 49 uh, runs batted in. He also has two saves on the mound, uh, holding uh, opposing batters to a 189 batting average. Has a 5.29 ERA. Uh, his issue has been walks, 18 uh, walks and 17 innings pitched. Um, Stanford as a team has hit 95 home runs and only allowed 23. Uh, so this team can hit home runs and can pitch extremely well, um, both of which at an elite level. Um, they hold a 3.82 ERA um, as a pitching staff, which is eighth in Division One baseball. So I think they win the Stanford Regional uh, rather easy. Uh, moving on to the College Park Regional, I have Maryland winning this, so another number one seed here. Uh, Maryland finished the regular season uh, 45-12. and 12. Uh, They're the number 15 overall seed uh, in this bracket. Uh, they finished third in NCAA um, in home runs with 123. Uh, they were seventh in NCAA uh, baseball uh, with a 9.1 uh, runs per game average. Um, they really can just hit. Uh, they have a ton of guys uh, that can swing the bat. Uh, 50th senior Chris Aline, uh, first team All American, had an exceptional season hitting 346 with a 1131 uh, uh, OPS. Um, he had 22 home runs, drove in 75 runs, uh, and also has 23 stolen bases and 26 attempts. Um, I'm sure he'll be drafted uh, rather high. Uh, considering he's, I know he's a 50th senior, so he's a little bit older. I know you know the MLB draft uh, typically likes to draft younger guys, but uh, you can't deny his abilities. 346 batting average, 22 home runs, 23 stolen bases, 75 runs batted in. I'm excited to see where he goes um, in this upcoming MLB draft. Uh, sophomore infielder from Brinfield, Massachusetts, uh, Matt Shaw. So he's his a Massachusetts native, Brimfield, Mass. Uh, Matt Shaw hit 294 this season with 21 home runs, 63 runs batting, batted in with a 1018 uh, OPS. Uh, Maryland as a team uh, hit 307 with a 975 OPS, which is unreal. Um, so it just shows his team has the offense to win it. Um, and then they have left-handed pitcher uh, Ryan Ramsey has the best record uh, on the mound, 10-1 record uh, with a 349 ERA. So I got Maryland winning uh, this regional. Uh, moving on to the Chapel Hill Regional, I have UNC winning this regional. Um, they won the ACC tournament, finished the ACC tournament, finished the ACC this uh, this year with a 15-15 record. 
did win the ACC tournament, though. Um, all 12 teams in the ACC tournament were over 500 on the season. Uh, BC and Duke were the only two teams that didn't make the ACC tourney. Um, they were well under 500 both. Uh, but it was a very competitive tournament. I mean, UNC uh, won it, so I'm just going to roll with them uh, to stay hot. Um, junior shortstop uh, Danny uh, Danny Soretti has been hot all year, hitting 366 with the 1005 uh, OPS, um, eight home runs as well uh, with a 443 on base percentage. Um, UNC as a team uh, has hit uh, 91 home runs, so very impressive. Just shows this Ty Hill's offense uh, can hit. Uh, sophomore pitching Max Carlson is a 3.61 ERA, 84 strikeouts and 72 innings pitched. Um, and in the ACC tournament, uh, Brandon Schaefer threw a complete game shutout uh, versus Virginia Tech. Nine innings pitched, six strikeouts, six hits allowed, no runs allowed, no walks uh, thrown. Uh, he finished the year with a 7-2 record and a 3.7 ERA, so keep your eye on him. Uh, in the Stillwater uh, Regional I know Oklahoma State's the one seed here. I have the Arkansas, I have Arkansas, the Razorbacks, the number two seed, uh, winning this regional. Um, they finished the regular season 38 and 18. Um, they have the pitching to win, though. And I think that's what is going to be huge in this tournament. Who has the pitching? Uh, they allowed only seven and a half hits uh, per nine innings pitched, uh, which was fourth in Division One baseball. Hold a team ERA of 3.92, which is eighth in Division One baseball. Um, and then also they they have the offense that can win you games. Hit 88 home runs as a team, uh, so they can clearly score runs. Runs. Um, couple guys I want to highlight: Chris Lanzilli hit 317 on the year with seven home runs. Caden Wallace hit 13 home runs, hit 299, so just under 300. Uh, stole 10 bags as well. And then Chris Noland um, hit, excuse me, pitched uh, and had the best ERA on the team with a 3.86 ERA, a six and five record uh, to go along with 99 strikeouts and 30 walks in 93 innings pitched, 93 and a third innings pitched. Um, moving on to the Coral Gables um, regional. Um, I got Miami winning this regional, uh, so a one seed, uh, 39 and 18 on the year. They finished 20 and 10 in ACC play, uh, which is elite, considering the ACC is very competitive. Uh, as I just said, there were only two teams in the ACC under 500, so a lot of good teams in the ACC. Um, CJ Kafis had the best average on the team, hitting 369, had a 465 on base percentage, stole 16 bags. Um, Jacob Burke, Yohandi Morales, and Maxwell Romero are the power hitters on this team uh, from Miami. Um, for the Hurricanes, each one of them hit respectively 12, 14, and 12 home runs um, in order. So Burke had 12 home runs, Morales had 14 home runs, and Romero had 12 home runs. Um, they lost 16-2, to though, um, to Wake Forest in the ACC tournament, uh, which is the reason... Um, I see Kennesaw State beating them um, in that super regional, um, which I'm going to get into uh, to Kennesaw State in a second. But I have Kennesaw State beating them in the next round. Um, since Wake Forest beat them 16-2, to um, I think Kennesaw State can score a ton of runs and they can pitch, which Wake Forest can do both. So, um, uh, But as I said, though, I have uh, Miami winning this regional. Miami's 2-6, and six, though, in their last eight games, which just makes it a shaky, shaky pick. Um, to have them even winning their own region, considering Arizona's in and Arizona had a great season. Um, Ole Miss as well. Ole Miss was number one, actually, at one point um, earlier this season. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I think Ole Miss is a very underrated pick here, considering they were number one uh, earlier this season at one point. Uh, moving on to the Hattiesburg Regional. I get Kennesaw State winning this regional. I see them giving everyone trouble. Uh, they split this year, uh, one and one in two game series with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was number 10 at the time. I watched the second game of that series, um, on the ACC network. The great John Bita Perel, uh, was on the call in that game. Uh, Kennesaw State was up one to nothing, um, to start the game after center fielder Josh Hatcher hit a leadoff home run, uh, on the first pitch of the game. Uh, Hatcher had a great season. 
um, out of the leadoff spot, hitting 386 with a 1092 OPS, 13 home runs to go along with 55 RBIs. He was four of six in that game. Uh, was Hatcher? Hatcher was four of six in that game uh, with two RBIs. Also drove in two runs um, in that game against Georgia Tech. Um, senior infielder Tyler Simon uh, was four of six in that game against Georgia Tech with four runs scored um, from the second spot in the lineup. He finished the year hitting 319. Um, so as I said, this Kennesaw State team can hit. They hit 301 as a team uh, on the year, hit 67 home runs, with ninth in Division One baseball, actually, with 641 hits. They can spray the ball around. Um, so that's why I got them being a very big underdog. Uh, being the number three seed, I have them beating uh, this, winning this bracket, the Southern uh, Mississippi bracket. I have them winning it. Um, so a couple of opponents I wanted to highlight uh, for Kennesaw State this year. They lost 17-15 in the high-scoring game uh, to Georgia when Georgia was number 10 in the country. Uh, they split their season series 1-1 one one, uh, with Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is hosting a regional, uh, the number 16 overall seed. So they beat them one game. It just shows they can beat anyone on any day. Um, and they can score runs as well. Um, this team, uh, the team that's hosting the regional here is Southern Mississippi, as I said. Uh, they pitch very well as a team, uh, hold the best strikeout-to-walk ratio in Division One baseball with the 439 strikeouts per walk, and also hold the second-best uh, college uh, baseball pitching staff ERA with a 316 team ERA. So they'll be a tough out. I think it does come down to Kennesaw State uh, in southern Mississippi. I'm going to give Kennesaw State the edge here since I like them, so I guess it's a bias um, here. But if I were to be betting, um, I'm going. I'm still going Kennesaw State, I guess. Um, I do like this team a lot and how hard they play. I only watched them play one game, uh, but I followed them a little bit after that, and they've had a great season. Uh, finished the season with a record of 35-26, and 26, so nine games over 500, but um, this team can hit, as I said. Um, so moving on to the Auburn uh, regional. This is a tough pick for me here. Um, I'm between Florida State and Auburn. Um, I'll break down some numbers here for you, um, and then uh, you know uh, I'll make a pick in a second. Um, but uh, Florida State finished the year 14th in Division One baseball, um, allowing 7.92 hits uh, per nine innings. Um, so they clearly have the pitching to win. Uh, they finished number one in Division One baseball with 12 strikeouts per nine innings pitch. So. Not only do they get outs, but they get strikeouts. Uh, don't let you put balls in play. Uh, they were third in strikeout to walk ratio with 3.63 strikeouts per walk. Um, they finished 15-15 in ACC play, so 500. Um, but as I pointed out before, the ACC is very good at baseball. 12 or 14 teams, 12 or 14 teams finish over 500. So being 15-15 in the ACC is really impressive. Um, they did get swept, though, um, by UNC to end the regular season. Very tough way uh, to finish. Um, they were uncompetitive in those games, too. Uh, lost by a combined score of 28-9. to nine. Uh, So it would be tough for them to win the Auburn Regional, considering uh, they finished the regular season on such a bad note. Uh, but they do have the pitching staff uh, to win. Um, they did lose one out of three games um, in both of their series against BC and Duke, the two worst teams in the ACC. Um, two teams who didn't even qualify to make the ACC tournament um, and were well over, were well under 500 um, on the season. So it shows they can have off days. That's what makes me worry about Florida State. Um, as for Auburn, uh, they took two of three games against Texas A&M this year, took two of three games against LSU, took two of three against Vanderbilt, one of three against Tennessee uh, when Tennessee was number one in the country, uh, as they still are. Um, and they also beat Ole Miss when they were number one in the country earlier this year. Um, and took one of three against Arkansas, and Arkansas was number three in the country. Um, so it shows uh, this team uh, at Auburn can play. Uh, they did lose to Kentucky in the first game of the SEC tournament. Had a shaky game there. Didn't have much to play for, though. Um, excuse me, the SEC tournament. They didn't have much to play for there, though. Um, they were one and three in their last four games, all those to Kentucky. 
Um, and finished SEC, played 16 and 13. The SEC, in my opinion, is the most competitive and best uh, division this year in, in college baseball, best conference. So uh, being 16 and 13 um, is actually impressive. Um, who do I have winning here? That's that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to go Auburn. I'll go Auburn here. Um, but I was close to going Florida State. I think Florida State does make noise. I think it comes down to Florida State-Auburn, but I'll roll with Auburn here. Um, moving on to the Corvallis um, Regional. I have Vanderbilt uh, winning this regional. Vandy won the College World Series. They're no stranger to the College World Series. They won it in 2019 with a runner-up in uh, 2021 last season. Uh, they've won their regional um, in four straight uh, NCAA tournament appearances, so they're no stranger to the uh, to the big stage. Um, they've gone to the College World Series um, in two straight NCAA appearances in 2019-2021. Um as for some statistics, uh, they are third in Division I baseball, allowing 7.37 hits per nine innings pitched. Uh, they have 10 shutouts on the season, which is first um, in Division I baseball. Um, Dominic Keegan, a hitter I want to highlight. Um, I'll highlight another one, too. Uh, Dominic Keegan had a fantastic year at the plate, hitting 367 uh, with 13 home runs, 59 RBIs. Spencer Jones hit 360, um, had nine dingers to go along with a 452 on base percentage, uh, which was best among starters on the team. Uh, for pitching, uh, the pitching staff uh, was led by um, freshman-handed, uh, left-handed uh, pitcher uh, Carter Holton, uh, who was lead of the mound all year, held a 3-1-4 ERA, had an 8-4 uh, win-loss record, also uh, had 97 strikeouts and 80.1 innings pitched. Uh, Holton also held a 192 um held opponents for 192 uh, a batting average, and also pitched two complete games this year. So it shows he can help the bullpen out by going uh, a full nine innings. Um, the team uh, at Vanderbilt did finish under 500 uh, this year in the SEC 14-16. But as I said, I think the SEC is the best conference in Division One baseball. And considering Vanderbilt has won uh, four straight regionals um, in four straight tournaments they appeared in, I think they win this tournament, uh, this uh, regional uh, in this tournament. Um Oregon State, though, is the number one seed um, in this uh, part of the bracket, in this regional with uh, Vanderbilt. Um, I think Oregon State's a little overrated, the number three seed overall in the tournament, but they choked heavily in that Pac-12 game um, against UCLA, which I highlighted earlier in this episode. Um, they end up facing UCLA again um, right after that in 1-8-7, uh, but that's a tough game to throw away being up nine runs in the ninth inning and not being able to close out, giving up 25 runs to UCLA. Um, I don't see Oregon State uh, winning this uh, region. I think Vanderbilt gives them a run for their money here. Um, although, I mean, here's the thing. Vanderbilt could lose uh, again to San Diego. I mean, I don't think Vanderbilt's unreal um, since I would have Auburn beating either Oregon State or Vanderbilt, no matter who I choose here. Um, but... Um, if I had to pick a team in this, I'd take I'd take Vanderbilt. Um, Oregon State finished one and three against Stanford on the year with a couple close losses. Uh, one of them being a one nothing loss in ten innings. Um, they were twenty to ten in the Pac twelve, uh, very competitive conference. Um, as I said though, I think it's tough um, after seeing Oregon State blow that game against UCLA. I don't know if you can really trust their pitching in a close game. Uh, Vandy's, I think you can trust a little more. That's why I'll, uh, I'll lean towards Vandy here. Um, Oregon State, as I said, finished 1-3 against Stanford on the year. Uh, as for some statistics, junior utility player Jacob Melton is a guy to keep your eye on. Uh, he had 375 on the season, uh, had 15 dingus to go along with 77 RBIs, was 20 of 21 in stolen base attempts as well. So he has speed um, and, and can definitely make um, a big play and a big moment uh, for this Oregon State team if they were to make a big run. Um, so... 
in the Super Regional between Tennessee and Georgia Southern in the top left part of the bracket. I get Tennessee winning. Uh, and then I get Dallas Baptist versus Coastal Carolina in that next regional, Super Regional. I have Dallas Baptist winning that. Um, in the next Super Regional between Texas A&M and Louisville, I got Louisville winning. Um, and in that following uh, Super Regional between Oklahoma and Virginia Tech, I have Virginia Tech. Um, in the top right, Super Regional between Stanford and Maryland, uh, I got Stanford winning this. Uh, I think UConn's a team to keep your eye on. They had a very good year. We're ranked number 15 at one point, um, or number 13 at one point. Northeastern beat them uh, at the end of the season. Uh, but I think UConn's a team to keep your eye on. I think Maryland still wins that uh, region. But I think uh, UConn makes some noise. UConn can make some noise. I'll be rooting for them, uh, you know, since they're, they're really the only local team uh, in the whole tournament. Um, anyways, I have Stanford over Maryland, and that's Super Regional. Uh, in the UNC-Arkansas Super Regional, um, I have Arkansas winning. Um, I have Miami versus Kennesaw State in that next uh, Super Regional. I have Kennesaw State winning that. I think Kennesaw State's going to make a big run in this tournament. Um, and then Florida State, uh, excuse me, Auburn. Auburn's the team I end up choosing. Auburn versus Vanderbilt um, in that next Super Regional. I have Auburn winning. Um, and then Auburn versus Kennesaw State. Tough pick there. I'm going to go Auburn. That would be the first matchup of the um, College World Series. Um, so I'll have Auburn over Kennesaw State um, to be one of the Final Four teams. Uh, and then Stanford versus Arkansas, the other uh, College World Series matchup in the top right. Um, I have Stanford winning that. Now in the top left, I have Tennessee versus Dallas Baptist in the College World Series. I have Tennessee winning that game. And then I have Louisville versus Virginia Tech um, in the College World Series as well. I have Louisville winning that. So my Final Four is Tennessee uh, versus Louisville. Um, then I have Stanford versus Florida. Stanford versus Auburn. Excuse me, Stanford's Auburn. Um, and so I'll probably go Tennessee over Louisville, which I like Louisville a lot. I think they can make noise. Um, I like Louisville, as I said, but I'm going to go Tennessee over Louisville. I'll go Stanford over Auburn. Um, this is tough. Um, I don't know. My, this is a tough pick here going, you know, between Tennessee and Stanford. I like both teams a ton. Stanford, you know, finished the year 40 and 14. Tennessee, 53-7. and seven. They're both the number one and number two overall seeds, so it'd be a very high-powered matchup. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would tune in, too, considering how good both of these teams are. Um, if I had to pick, I just think Tennessee's way too dominant this year. I just feel like it's their year. I'm going to go with Tennessee to win this uh, and win the College World Series, um, but I think it's, I think it's a tough pick, um, considering how good Stanford is as well. Um, and then, I, I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's hard. I'm gonna. I'll roll with with. I'll stay with Tennessee. I mean, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, gosh, I flip back to Stanford. I'm gonna stay with Tennessee. I got Tennessee winning uh, the College World Series. I know everyone probably does for the most part, just because how good they are. But um, it's tough to bet against them, really. You know, the guys are 105. Um, have such great pitching, such great hitting, as I as I already highlighted um, in this preview. Um, so uh, we'll see how it ends up. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope you guys. Um, get to enjoy. I think it's going to be nice this weekend. I hope you guys get to enjoy the nice weather. Um, Anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, see how these uh, regional games end up. I'll probably be back on um, one day early next week um, to break down all the regionals. Uh, Talk about the Celtics as well. The Celtics had a huge win um, in game one over the Warriors, um, which was huge. I got the Oilers um, as well. I have the Oilers winning that series. Um, The Oilers are down uh, right now in the series. Um, 2-0, unfortunately. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, they play tomorrow. 
uh, in game three. Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Uh, take it easy. Stay safe and stay well. Thank you.